We kicked off our series last week entitled Believe, and we had dubbed this month our Faith Month. This is a time where we want to begin to sow and, and reap and believe God. And, and so uh, last week we kicked off this series exploring the fundamentals of faith. What we talked about in that message is how faith works. We dealt with the origin of faith and, 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 and how to utilize our faith in such a way that it moves heaven. And in that particular message, uh, the Holy Spirit gave us some foundational principles, and we'll cover those here in a moment. But the Holy Spirit gave us some foundational principles that if we utilize these principles, we can begin to pull some things down from heaven and bring them here on earth. And so the whole point of, of that is so that we can understand that there's a protocol and there's a way in which the kingdom of God works and functions. And when we truly understand faith, that faith is not just something that we, that we talk about, but faith is the vehicle by which heaven pays attention to earth. And we are God's agents and we are God's representatives here on earth to, to really access heaven on behalf of a, of a people who don't know God. And the wonderful thing is that we know God. And how many know that God wants to bless us? How many of you know that God wants to answer our prayers? God wants to do some great, we talked about that last week, but God wants to do some great things. But in order to receive, how many know you got to believe? Now, it is not to say, let me, let, me, let me hasten to say this, because how many know that God oftentimes he moves at the level or the pace of our faith? And I think about, I think about the children of Israel how that God wanted to take them to, through a more direct route to the land of promise, and we'll talk about that here today. But, but, but God wanted to take them from, from where they were uh, after they got uh, delivered from Pharaoh, take them to their land of promise in quick order. But the Bible said because the Lord felt like that they would not believe him and that they would, that they would be fearful and they would run, he, couldn't he had to take them the long way around. And it wasn't because God didn't want to take them to a, through a more direct route. It was, it was because of the level of their faith. So when Jesus says, for example, that he couldn't do many mighty works there because the people didn't believe, it doesn't mean that God won't do any work. It doesn't mean that God won't work at all. But how many know we want God to move in a significant way? Say amen. I mean, you really want, you don't want, you don't want, listen, how many, I mean, you, I mean, you, you don't just want to read about miracles. You want to see them happen. Can I get it? Is anybody out there? And so we're talking about we're talking about a significant kind of attitude, whereby we're saying we're saying, Lord, we want to believe you for big things. Now God will, you know, if your faith is small and you believe in God to to heal your headache, but a lot of times God heal our headache because that's about all we believe him for. <laughs> but how many know? How many know that, that that we serve a God that raised the dead? We serve a God that heals. We serve a God that delivers. How many know it's the same God that did all those great things back then? It's the same God that we serve today. There's no difference. The difference is our level of faith. Now, let me give you this analogy because I think you can understand. So think about uh, how many have been watching the NBA uh, series, basketball series? And, and, uh, and so we, we find ourselves, if you've been watching, uh, the Golden State Warriors have been playing the, the Cleveland Cavaliers and and Cleveland finds themselves in a unique spot, the same spot they were in last year, and they were uh, a three down three games to one, and so it is they find themselves back in the same situation. But I want you to kind of reverse and kind of go back to last year. If anybody here paid attention to that, but you know I remember that you know their back was up against the wall because as far as I knew nobody had ever came back from 3-1 and and nobody had given them a chance it's not going to happen no way not with this such a great team and and you know and go and 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 Cleveland Cavaliers pulled off what we would deem as in sports world a miracle and one thing I remember those guys saying, and their backs was up against the wall, and everybody was saying, ain't nowhere it's going to happen. I mean, look at this thing. Ain't going to happen. And, and one thing those guys knew, they knew one thing, that, that if, they were, if they had any shot of winning, they had to believe. Now, how many know they believe in a perishable crown? But we serve the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. How many know that we serve a God that is unlimited? Now, here's what I know, and here's what I understand. 
If we, listen, when our backs are up against the wall and we can't really see our way through and we don't really know how this whole thing is going to unfold, but here's one thing I know. You got to believe. You got to believe. And the devil will do everything in his power to get you to walk around with your head hung down, focusing zero end on your circumstance instead of focusing on the promises of God. How many of you know that the promises of God are real? The promises of God are forever. And so instead of focusing in on the obstacles, how many know we need to focus on the promise? Because God is still working. God is still moving. I am convinced of it. But what God needs are a people who would dare to believe. That's what he's looking for. In fact, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro throughout the entire world looking for somebody to whom he can demonstrate his power. I would say, why not you? Why not you say, Lord, you know what, I mean? what did Isaiah say? Isaiah, he saw the Lord in all of his glory. He says, he says Lord, uh, he says, here I am, send me. Use me, God. God want to do some amazing things. But you got to believe to receive. And so here's what I want to do. I want to I I just name the seven. I, I, didn't, I didn't do a really, really good job of actually bringing them, uh, giving, giving you these seven fundamental uh, principles of faith. I didn't give it, give it to you last week in a real sequential order. So I'm going to do a little bit better with that today. But we talked about all of these things. And so these seven fundamental principles. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name those principles. Now, we're not going to go over them in detail because we did that last week. But we're going to name the, same, the, the seven fundamental laws of faith that we discussed last week. And then what we'll do, is we'll, we will take a look at the passage that we're going to be studying today. And we're going to see that how that when those like Joshua and Caleb utilize these principles, how that they got a different outcome versus those who didn't utilize the faith principles or those who violated the faith laws. And so we discussed last week seven fundamental laws of faith. Now, in some shape or form throughout the rest of these series for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be covering these seven fundamental seven fundamental laws of faith. So then we're going to take a look at the passage here. So so what was those seven fundamental laws of faith? The first one was, without faith, it's impossible uh, to please God. Without faith. We talked about that last week. Faith is foundational. You have to have faith. Not only that, that he is, but he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We also talked last week about the fact that the just shall live by faith. That simply means that that we're not vacillating in and out of the world, in and out and believing God one day and not believing God the next, that we live by faith. In other words, this is something that we're to camp at. This This is the thing that we do. It is how we live. It is how we do everything. We are believing God. Every second of the day, we're trusting in, believing God, looking to God. This is who we are. And then point number three of the seven fundamental laws, we must walk by faith and not by sight. That's a big one, right? <clears throat> because we have been programmed to react to life based on what we see. Now, this is the big one because God has to reprogram us to walk by faith. When I say walk by faith, I'm talking about walk by his word, walk by his promises, and not what you see in the natural. Everybody around you and that you know they respond to life based upon what they see with their natural eye. Now, God is saying, <clears throat> now, you're in the kingdom, so here's what you got to do. I got to have you think completely and totally different. We walk by faith, not by, not by sight. That was the third fundamental principle of faith. Then the fourth one <clears throat> we said last week was faith calls us to obey in spite of what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. How many know that faith always obey God? Faith without works is what? Dead. And so what faith does is, even if you feel like, watch this, even if you're uncertain, even if there's a cringe of fear trying to well up on the inside of you, real faith in God, always obey God in spite of what it looks like, even if you don't agree. You ever read a passage in the Bible that you don't like, that you don't agree with? 
I'm just asking y'all, y'all, some of y'all think you're scared to say it. Like you're reading this scripture, you know what this scripture said, but you don't like it. Like love your enemies. How many of you just love loving your enemies? How many of you know that doesn't come natural to you, right? But you do it, why? Because God said it. So this is faith. Faith is just simply what does God say about the thing and I'm going to bed, even if it means I don't like it, even if it means it's, 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 it's a difficult concept, even if, it's mean, even if it means that I have to stand alone while everybody else believes in one thing, I will stand and believe God, even if it means that. We talked about that last week, The faith obeys. Number five, faith must be developed in order for it to grow. You remember this. Keep this in mind, that in order for your faith to grow, you must be tested. You know that scripture in the Bible, then James, I believe James chapter 1, where it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce some stuff for your life. So in other words, how does God grow your faith? The only way God is going to grow your faith is by putting you in the oven and causing you to stretch where he can develop your faith. God's going to put you in. How many know that God could have fast-tracked the children of Israel from Egypt right into the land of promise if he wanted to? God could have snapped his finger. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We serve a God who's in, who can do the impossible, right? How many know God could have snapped his finger and imported the children of Israel right into their land of promise? But why didn't God do that? God didn't do that because God wanted, there was a systematic approach where God needed to bring them into the wilderness to test them. Even Jesus himself as a human, the God man, he was in the wilderness to be tested. So when your faith, if your faith is going to have any shot of growing, your faith must be tested. This is why God put you in situations and he looked to see how you were responding. The difference between a person that grows big in faith and the one who doesn't is how one responds and the other don't. How they respond to various trials and situations. That, that making sense. Y'all getting that this morning. So faith, what's it? Then number six, faith speaks what it believes. We talked about that last week. Faith speaks. In other words, we talked about that last week in great detail. That we, we are, the Bible says that for every idle word, we're going, to, uh, we're going to be uh, um, justified, and by every idle word, we'll be condemned. This is what Jesus said. How many know that Jesus hears your words? How many know that there's power in words? The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, all right? So you've got to remember this. When it comes to matter of faith, you have to begin to speak what you are believing God for. You can't pray and ask God for something, then cancel out everything you prayed with negative speech. People do it all the time, and they don't realize it. And the whole time, how many know you are, you are undergoing some kind of a, of a test, if you will, some kind of a, 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 of a process which, which God wants you to respond the right way. And so a lot of times, people will cancel out what they just prayed by saying dumb, stupid, negative stuff. How many know that we need to be, we need to speak what we believe? And you need to call those things that are not as though they are. You know what that's called? That's called faith. It ain't that, but I'm going to call it that. Why? Because I'm believing for that. So everything coming out of my mouth, I'm not going to contradict myself, but I'm going to speak a word of faith. Call those things that are not as though they are. That's faith. That's how it works. Then number seven, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We talked about that last week. Faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing? What are you feeding yourself with? So now, watch. So now we're going to take a look at this passage of scripture, right? And then we're going, and I'm going to spotlight, if you will, I'm going to highlight how the, the, the ten spies, the, I'm going to, the focus today will be on the ten spies, because they broke just about every one of the laws of faith that I just revealed to you. Those seven laws. And you're going to see them. You're going to see them live and in color, how they violated them. And then you're going to see how the Joshua and Caleb, you know, the, you know how they, the two, how they had a completely and totally different attitude, the kind of attitude that God rewarded. So let's take a look. Let's kind of jump into this. So let me give you a little bit of the backdrop of the story. So the children of Israel... 
was on a quest to receive the land of promise from God. We understand that. They came from Egypt, and God had made Abraham way before then a promise that he was going to give them a great and godly, a beautiful land. And so the children of Israel are en route to that. And uh, uh, they, through God's power, they got the victory over Pharaoh and his army. God brought them through a, might, I mean, a mighty deliverance. I mean, we've all read about how the Red Sea parted so the children of Israel could walk on dry land. I mean, God brought them out with a high hand. And, I mean, the people were rejoicing. They were dancing and they were celebrating because of what God did. All of a sudden, they started running into just a couple of obstacles. Isn't it amazing how obstacles will change your demeanor? Isn't it amazing that when you go through a little bit of fire, you can praise God one moment, but then the next moment, you're mad at God, and you're mad at everybody, and you're mad at the world because things ain't happening for me. And then especially if it starts happening for Sister Joe, and it ain't happening for Sister, for me, then, you know, sometimes we don't, we get upset. Amazing how one minute we can praise him, and then the next minute it's like, I don't know, what, 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 what? what? How many know God wants us to continually, the Bible says, we ought to continually give him praise because he's in control. So the children of Israel, they're rejoicing. I mean, God is doing some amazing thing. And then, man, they, they start running into these obstacles. They're not getting water as quick. They're not getting all these, it's amazing. They're not getting all these, these fresh pumpkins and all this, this, this fruit. And then they start saying stuff like, we want to go back to Egypt. God, why did you bring us out here? I mean, wait a minute, brother. Just a couple of weeks ago, you were shouting to praise. Now you're saying you want to go back to Egypt? the place that you begged God to bring you out. So God had to listen to all of that, and God, and God had to deal with all that, and God had to just bring them through some stuff. And then, but finally, they get to a place where God now, they're on the cusp, if you will, of getting ready to, to make a plan to attack the enemy. In other words, to, to get, to, to, to have delivered what God promised them. Now watch this. And so Moses sends out, watch this, church. y'all listen and say amen. Moses sends out 12 people, which represented, each one represented a tribe of Israel. Moses says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the land, all right? I want you to go and spy out the land of Canaan. I want you to go over there, take a look at it, get some intelligence, because we're going to go get it. It wasn't a question of whether or not we're hoping God to give it. No, the, the, the only thing they were to do, go there, get a report, get some information, and, and then come back and bring it to me so that we can make a plan of attack. Well, all 12 go over there. They're 10. Everybody say 10. 10 of them came back. Oh, oh. land is just like you said. Land flowing with milk and honey. Man, I mean, in fact, I was eating these grapes. I ain't never tasted grapes that were so luscious, so good, so sweet. I mean, that kind of fruit that just, just I mean, you, you, you just, just saliva all over the place. I mean, you, I mean, good. I mean, man, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, uh, just like Moses said. But there was a problem, Moses. They got some bad boys over there. They got some giants. And, you know, I was checking them giants out and... Um, before you knew it, they had such a negative attitude that it affected the whole nation. Everybody say nation. It affected the whole nation. Ten people came back. Y'all get that. Ten people came back, and the whole nation was affected. In fact, they all started crying, and, 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 and whatever faith they had was gone just because somebody had a negative report. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So this is where we find ourselves this morning. So the children of Israel, so watch this. Now watch this. The ten had such a negative attitude that it affected the whole nation and resulted in that generation not receiving the promise. They couldn't get in. Now, let's Let's uh, get some faith lessons or faithless lessons from this particular passage of Scripture that we're studying today. First of all, first point, you got to understand this. God had made them a promise. God had made them a promise. Numbers 13.2 says this. He says, send men to spy out the land of Cana, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man and everyone a leader among them. Now, understand something. God had already given them land. God had already made them a promise. 
Now, how many know that, that this book contains a lot of promises? God has made, because you could, I know how we are. Well, if, if, I, if that was me in that generation, I'd have did it different. Well, <laughs> if, if, maybe perhaps if, if you would have, you'd have been in that generation. But how many know that, that we bring along the same attitude that that generation had? We, we bring it here. We do the same thing. We don't believe God like we should. But how many know, I mean, I'll give you an example. When the Bible says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to my riches and glory. The Bible says, watch this, seek first the kingdom. How many know these are promises of God? How many know if God makes a promise, he'll deliver? Let me say that again. When God makes a promise, he'll deliver. Let me say it again, because y'all ain't here. When God makes a promise, he delivers. In other words, if you pick up this book and you see a promise, all you need to do is say, thank you, Lord, it's coming. There might be a delay, but God always is faithful to his word. Is anybody hearing that this morning? He's faithful. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. A lot of times, we don't make the kingdom first. We don't put the kingdom of God first. You know why? Let's be honest. Because we don't really believe yet that God is really going to meet my need. And so what do we do? We restrain ourselves. Because don't, don't tell me about how much you believe God until you, how many know you got to put up or shut up? Don't say how much you believe God until you start walking by faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. Well, I don't know about how to be given. I mean, I usually. Well, you're not taking the problem. I mean, no, God says, I'm going to give to you. He, he, watch this. He said, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. God will call men to give into your bosom. How do you know God will meet your need if you're faithful to obey his word? Is anybody hearing that this morning? I ain't getting too many amens in this morning. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. But, but that, I, I got work to do. Come on, get your faith level up. This is what this thing is all about. God had God made Israel a promise. You're going in. They didn't believe it. That's, that's it. They did not believe it. Because had they believed it, they wouldn't have came back talking all that crazy stuff. The ten spies came back with all that negative talk. Now watch this. Here's the second point. The ten spies focus on the size and scope of the giant rather than the promise of what God said. It says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 29, it says the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. In other words, they focus on everything, everything but God. Isn't it amazing how that when God calls you to do something and, and that fear try to creep up on you, you ever notice that the thing that you focus on is the thing that will bring you down? That's the thing you fear? You remember Peter walking on water? What caused Peter to sink? Come on, what caused Peter to sink? Fear in the waves, right? He was looking, and at the moment he did that, brother started to sink, right? Because oftentimes what happened is we focus on the giant instead of focusing on the God who is bigger and greater than the giant. Some of us, you got a problem, and the reason why your problem is not being dealt with because you're focused too much on the problem and trying to fix it yourself instead of, watch this, Taking God at his word. And so here's the faith violation. Here's what they violated. You know that, that violation, the, the law that said that we walk by faith and not by sight? See, see they didn't do that. See, the, the ten, they violated that. They saw the giants. They saw defeat. Not Joshua and Caleb. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But here's, here's another point. Watch this. Caleb listening to all of the chatter. Everybody say chatter. I call chatter unbelief. I call you. You ever people who you ever met people just they don't believe God for nothing. They, I mean, they they don't believe God for nothing. And then watch this, and they don't want you to believe God for nothing. And then when you decide you want to try to believe God for something, they start criticizing you for believing God. Why are you going, brother? Don't criticize me if I choose to believe God. If I choose to believe God for something supernatural, impossible, something outrageous, outlandish, something that's stupid, that's crazy, way beyond my imagination, leave me alone. Get your own faith. But but how me know God ain't ever punished somebody for believing him. He's punished people who don't. He hasn't rewarded folks who don't. But God, I never heard nowhere would God punish anybody that had radical, stupid, crazy, amazing faith that will believe God for anything. Never seen God do that. Never. So watch this now. So Caleb now, hearing all this, Caleb was one of the, he was one of the 12 and the Bible says in Numbers 13, 29, look at this. 
The Amalekites, and he's listening to all this. They're talking. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites. <laughs> I almost went somewhere, but I leave it alone. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, I want you to get the context here. Because Caleb, is, he had to quiet the, the doubters of unbelief. He had to quiet them because he's, he's, he's listening to this. And, and, and Caleb is, he's starting to realize, and you know, people, who, got, you know, people who, who walk in faith, they are allergic to doubters. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, people that really walk in faith, man, they got a problem. I mean, but, I mean you know, they... You know, they, got a, they, they are allergic to people who don't, who don't believe. So you can hear Caleb. Caleb listen to all this. And you know what Caleb is seeing? Caleb is seeing how that the people who should have been celebrating, because God said he was going to give them the land. That should be celebration mode, right? Should be excited. So Caleb is watching this, right? And Caleb is like, oh, look at here. These, he's seeing how the countenance of the people are changing, and they're just sitting in their chairs. And they won't even stand up for worship and clap their hands. They don't hardly come to church at all. They just, I'm just tired. And, you know, I'm just going through a whole lot. And, uh, you know, and, you know, God is still with me. Yeah, he's still with you, all right. Now, if you want to do something great for God. See, Caleb saw all of that. Watch this. And Caleb says, it's almost, I want you to catch the vision. It's almost like Caleb was saying, ah, stop, stop, stop it. Listen, let's go take the land because God said it's ours. Let's go. Start up all this stuff. Because, now see, you know, here's the faith principle that he was activating here. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Listen, he knew that what he was, listen, what Caleb was starting to hear was affecting the faith. Caleb said, I don't want to hear this crap, man. Y'all are messing me up. How many know if you hang around a bunch of people who don't believe, more than likely you'll start what? You won't believe either. That's why the Bible says that the the, 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 the evil company corrupt good morals. You know, you you need to surround yourself with people that believe God. I mean, you know, you know, if why why hang around folk who 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 are all pessimistic and and, and you know and, and I don't know if God to do that. Well, come on, brother. And we just sit here, we come out every week and we sing songs like our God is able and our God can do anything and you know he's a you know we lift up our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help and you know we talk about faith that can move mountains and and, and we we talk about a God who holds all things together by the word of his power and all of a sudden now we want to doubt. How many know God is not limited? He's not limited in any shape or any form. So what do you, what, watch this. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Caleb said, I, I can't deal with this food. This is crazy. Hey, sometimes, man, we, listen, sometimes when you're in an atmosphere where they ain't faith, you just need to, you need to walk outside of that. How many know Jesus did it, didn't he? You remember Jesus said it? He walked in his own hometown. He had to leave there. He said, I ain't do many matter work. He ain't stay that long. He said, I can't do much here. I want to do, I can't do much here. Why? Because the people, man, it's a, the atmosphere ain't right. Can't do it. Can't do it. How many know you got to believe? Everybody say believe. See, Caleb walked by faith and not by sight. That's why he said, let's go up. See, that was the, that was the faith principle in action. Caleb, listen, it wasn't that Caleb, you thought, listen, it wasn't that Caleb didn't see the giants. Caleb just looked at the giants and thought about him, and I'm going to talk about David next week, but, 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 but Caleb kind of looked at the giant, and he just kind of sat the giant up like, man, that's a, that thing going to fall. Mighty is that thing going to fall. That, that boy got to go. And his attention wasn't focused there. He looked at the giant and said, whatever. Some of you got some fears and some doubt. You got some giants in life. You just need to just look. Don't focus on the giant. Just say, whatever. God's going to, God, God, God is greater. How many know greater is he that is in me than he that is what? In the world. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that your God is greater? Then why are you scared? What are you scared of? Are you serious? No, no power greater than our God. 
Now listen, so watch this. So Caleb saw the giants as an opportunity for God to magnify himself and show himself strong. So he just ain't focused on the giant. See the giants, but don't focus on it. Say that with me. See the giants, but don't focus on it. Say it again. See the giants, but don't focus on it. Now wake somebody up and say, see the giants, and don't focus on it. Come with it. See the giants, but don't focus on it. All right? Don't focus. Because, you know, how many of you remember, some of y'all are too young to remember this. I got all these babies in this church. But, but you remember Mike Tyson was in his prime. Anybody remember Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson was fighting, uh, he was going to fight Michael Spinks. Anybody remember that? That was way back in the day. And I'll never forget it, man. I, was, I wouldn't even say. I was, I was in the world. Y'all know what I mean. I'll leave it there. Don't even try to imagine anything. But I was in the world. So, and I remember when, when Mike Tyson was in the ring, because, you know, Mike used to bob and, <clears throat> you know, he, I mean, and I remember Spinks came in there like this. Watch. Spinks saw Mike Tyson. He was focused. He was like this. He was like. And I remember saying this. I said to myself, I said, here's what I said. I said, that boy had already lost. And he was, at that time, he was the heavyweight champion at that time. Michael Spinks was. And I remember Spinks walked in, and I said, and I won't even say, I was walking in darkness, church. <laughs> I won't even walk with the Lord. And I said, Michael Spinks already lost the fight. Look at that boy. He's scared to death. Why? Because he, it was a giant. And Michael, Mike Tyson, back in those days, he was a giant. And a lot of times, Mike beat everybody up because everybody was scared of him. And they focused on the giant. Don't focus on the giant. Look, he should have been the, look, if he was, if I'm a, if he was a believer, he would have been, oh, my God's going to get, oh, God, I thank you that like, this giant is going down. Yeah, see the giant, but I ain't, I ain't locking in on you, but who are you? <laughs> we'll talk about David. We'll show you how, next week how David just... Yeah, I almost want to go there now, but I'm going to resist the temptation in Jesus' name. Don't focus on the giant. So watch this. So watch this. Now, Israel's words set the tone for the atmosphere and how they were to respond. Watch this. It says here, look at this church. This is amazing. I want you to kind of picture this. Here it is. Oh, God, help me. This is the same generation that saw all the miracles in Egypt. Am I right about it? The same generation where God did all those miracles in Egypt to bring the people out. The same generation. Come on, church. Come on. The same generation that saw a sea open up and become dry ground. And that same generation that saw God swallow a whole army up by drowning them in water. The same generation saw all of that. Are y'all hearing me this morning? The same generation. You would think, right? You'd be like, man, I don't know. I'm just thinking. I, I feel like in my spirit, like, had I saw God do that, like, like open up the Atlantic Ocean so I could drive on dry ground, you know, and I'm, I might, I mean, I just might believe God for some stuff. I mean, I might be able, I may be able to chew on that faith for the rest of my days because all I could keep, listen, I'd be going back to that every single chance. Man, man I, do you remember God, do you remember, every time, every time somebody talked to me, that Red Sea, what's wrong, what are you talking about? I'm talking about that Red Sea, I can't get that out of my mind. They had blotted, forgotten all about that. The same generation that God brought to me. How many know God ain't going to bring you halfway and not take you to the promise? Oh, oh, come on. God ain't going to, listen, God ain't going to bring you a little bit and, and then and not going to bring you to the point of birth and not deliver. No, he, God is a God that brings you in. God ain't brought you this far to leave you hanging. Oh, come on. He ain't brought you this far. He, no, 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 no. He brought you this far so he can show his power through you. You just got to keep the faith. He says, watch. He says, watch. Here now with the same group. Here it is. Numbers 13, verse 31 and 33. You, you got to lay your eyes on it just to believe <laughs> But the men, <laughs> the men, weak men, weak men. But the men who had gone up with him said, here it is. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we 
And they gave the children of Israel, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they espied out, saying, "The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants." In other words, they will kick our butts. They will kick our butts, and, and all the people who we saw are in it. They are. They are big. They're really, really big. And, and there we and, watch it, and, and there we saw the giants, the, the, the descendants of Amnak. You know, Amnak, them some real bad boys. I mean, they got a family of warriors. Those are, I saw Amnak's cousins and them. I saw all of them. And 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 you know, and 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 we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And you know what? And that's the way they saw us. They saw us like a grasshopper because we saw ourselves like grasshoppers. Weak. The same people talking crazy. And watch it. And so they so watch it. So they're, they're speaking all that stuff. See, their words now have set the everybody, set everybody on, everybody over there now. <laughs> I mean, read chapter 14. They, do you would think somebody got shot? <laughs> God brought us this far. He ain't going to take us there. He ain't going to take us. You're kidding me. We do it today. We just a little bit more polished. We do it today. We just, we, we, we just, we just rebel in more sophisticated ways. See, faith speaks what it believes. They spoke it, right? They spoke it. They said, they, we can't do it. Can't do it. Don't even, don't even try. The boys are too big, too strong. Man, it ain't going to happen. And how do you know that set the tone for everybody? So you know what everybody else did? Everybody else said, well, I guess it ain't going to happen, except for two people. I'm going to show you the two in here in a moment. Watch. See, unbelief, watch this. See, the faith principle there that was, that was being violated was, was that faith speaks what it believes. How many know they weren't speaking what they were speaking, brother? Well, actually, they were speaking what they believed, nothing. And they were getting nothing. And they, watch this. And I'm going to show you in a moment, they got nothing. Oh, y'all. See, unbelief, I, I want you to kind of see unbelief as evil. Okay, watch this. Oftentimes, the Bible referred to unbelief as evil. He would call the generation evil because they didn't believe. Numbers 16, Numbers 14, verses 6 through 9. Numbers 14. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jethanah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation children of Israel, saying, Watch this. The land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good. If the Lord delighted in us, he will bring us into the land. Look at verse number land. Verse number 9. Watch this. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Only do not rebel. Only do not rebel. Unbelief is like rebellion. None started with God. God don't like it. God was shut down. Look, you can be imperfect. Listen, you can be imperfect in a lot of ways and have a lot of flaws, but you know what? One thing that you got to, and this is the difference. How do you know that the people you read about in Hebrews chapter number 11, None of them were perfect people. You can go back and look at their lives, and you can see the junk in their trunks. But here's the difference, though. Them jokers believe God, man. They just suck it up like buttercup, and they say, man, I'm going to believe God. God will move when somebody believes, even if you ain't perfect, if you believe God, God will still move because he honors faith. He just does. But I'm telling you, boy, when, 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 when faith starts to get into a situation, oh, God, it'll shut. God will stop her. You remember the woman that touched him and had that issue? Y'all remember that lady that had the issue of blood for two? And she touched Jesus, and Jesus stopped right He said, who, 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 who touched me? He stopped all these people up against him. One person touched him with something that nobody else did, faith. And it stopped him. Heaven pays attention to faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm trying to get y'all to see. You got, if you want to shake heaven, you got to change your demeanor. You got to change your attitude. God wants to move. You don't have to just sit there and read about this stuff. Come on, we don't have to read. We, we can believe God now. Everybody say, believe him now. 
See, the faith principle that was at work with Joshua and Caleb was that in spite of what it looked like, they were ready to do it. They said, look, man, we're going. Their protection is taken away from them. God is with us. God has already gave it to us. We're in this. See, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Faith says, I'm going to obey God, period. Now, watch this. I'm going to wind this thing down. Now, watch this. So, God could not, and this is so important. Are you still listening? Say amen. I mean, this is the most important point of the message this morning. I want you to hear this. This is so important. God could not take a faithless people into the promised land. God could not. Now, I'm going to read something y'all. Y'all going to think it's cruel. You're going to be like, man, that's mean. You're going to think, man, that's kind of. But I want you to understand that God thinks the same way today when it comes to this issue of faith. But God can't take a faithless people who wanted that kind of blessing. How many know that the, the bigger the blessing, the more that faith got to come up? You remember Jesus' disciples one time that couldn't heal? Jesus says, bring them to me because y'all don't, y'all faith, you don't, have, you don't have enough faith. You don't believe. You're not there yet. Now watch this. And, and, and so watch this. This is number chapter 14, verse number 11. Now I want you to hear this. I want you to put, if you got a Bible, you need to read this verse. You need to, you need to read it to believe it. I'm telling you, you need to lay your own eyes on it. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 11 through 12, then the Lord said to Moses, watch this. Oh, y'all ready? If you dare, say amen. Come on, if you dare, say amen. He says, how long will these people reject me? Well, number one, how long will they not, watch this, here it is, believe me. You see, that's what, that's what the problem, he said, how long? Watch, then God even said what we talked about earlier. He said, with all the signs which I have performed among them. In other words, I did all this stuff. And in your life, how many, know, how many you can testify that God has done some amazing things in your life since you got saved? Come on, clap your hands. Come on. If God has done some amazing, you can, God will say, he said, look, all the stuff I've done for them, all the valleys and the peaks and stuff I brought them through, even when they weren't even aware of me, thinking about me, wanted me, I still protected them because I knew in this moment they would believe. Even through all of that, he said, with all the signs which I performed among them, he says, watch this, here it is. Verse 12, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make you a greater nation and mightier than they. Now watch, this is, this is the problem. I mean, this is deep. I mean, everybody say this is about deep and deep. God said to Moses, these people disappoint me so much because of their unbelief. Not even necessarily because of their sin, but because of the, the sin of unbelief. He said, here's what I want to do. He said, I'm going to wipe out. He said, Moses, I'm going to wipe them all out and start with you. Good. I said, oh, God. God said, I mean, talking. God said, he said, Moses. I can't talk. These people don't believe me. All this stuff. He said, I'm going to lay them all low. He said, Every, he said I'm going to get rid of all of Moses, and I'm going to start all over again with you. And Moses interceded and said, God, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> God, Moses, hold up, God. Now, you made Abraham a promise now. You didn't say you're going to start this thing with me. You made, you made a promise with Abraham. See, God, if you do this now, all the nations around you, they're going to say you brought them to this point and you couldn't deliver. So, God, don't do that. And God listened to Moses. And God said, okay, I ain't going to do it. But here's what God did, though. Watch this. Look at verse number, Numbers 14, verse 26 and 29. This is important. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Watch your complaints. I wasn't talking to God when I was complaining. Oh, yes, you are. It's in his ears. Watch this. Watch this. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with you this evil congregation who complained against me? I have heard their complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who complain against me shall fall in this wilderness. And all of you who were numbered according to the your entire number from 20 years old and above. Listen, God, here's what God said. God says, okay, so from everybody that's 20 and above, I'm gonna, another 40 years, I'm going to wait till all of y'all die off. 
and everybody who's below 20, that generation, they're going to bring. But y'all, I can't do it with you because you don't believe me. How many know if we don't believe God, if God got something he want to do in the earth, if we don't believe God, how many know God ain't going to sit around and wait for us? How many know God will do it in round? If he have, he'll raise up a whole other generation of people. God will do whatever he got to do. He'll go to the other uh, foundation. Do you want to do this? I don't know. Uh, first Baptist Church, you want to do it? Sure. How many know God will go there? God will go wherever there is somebody that will believe him. The question is, why not us? See? God said, he said, I'm going to... Think about it, church. This is how deep this is. God said he let a whole generation of unbelievers die. He said, I can't take them in. He said, I can't because he could not work with the people that wouldn't believe him. For this, watch this, for this level of blessing required faith. And God says, I can't do it. So here's what I'm going to do. Because God made a promise. Because how many know God keeps, I said it before, how many know God keeps his promises? Because he made a promise to Abraham, so he had to stay with the people. <laughs> I mean, he's a covenant-keeping guy. Isn't that good? He keeps his word. That's good. God said, but so I got to keep my word. So then I'll tell you what i do. I'll wait, and I'll train up a whole other generation of people out of the seed of Abraham that will believe me. And then, and we call that generation the Joshua generation. And, but, but then he says, but, but there was only two people out of the whole group that he says, Y'all can go. The rest of them jokers, they can't go. But y'all two, Joshua, Joshua, and Caleb, they was able to go. Why? Watch this. I'm going to tell you why. Watch, watch this. See, he says in Numbers 14, 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Everybody say different spirit. In him, and has followed me fully. In other words, he believed me. He said, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Uh, Numbers 14, 30. Except for Caleb, the son of Jethunah, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore to make you dwell in. In other words, Joshua and Caleb was the only two that went. Everybody else, God killed them off. Why? Because there's one thing, faith, belief. Let me, let me say this to you. Let me talk to you. All right. So we have an awesome opportunity here at Foundation. We can believe God or how many know that I, I said earlier that God puts us in a situation where our faith is going to be tested. And you know what? God is always going to be putting us in a situation where our faith is going to be tested. That's how he does it. That's how he grows us. We have an awesome opportunity here at Foundation Church to believe God and see God do a miracle. You know, we sung that song earlier, Let It Rain. You know how we, we, we kept singing that, and let it rain, God, let it rain. I want you to think here for a moment. And I want you to look around. I want you to think. We can even activate, we can activate our faith, or we can sit back and complain about what we don't have and what we can't do. Or we can activate our faith and walk by faith, not by sight, and believe God for a latter rain, and that belief in God will change our entire disposition. We can do that. Or we can just sit back and just stay stuck and just to the, and just complain. And, or we can, you know, I'm going to believe God. I said to you earlier, even with this, the analogy I gave with the Cleveland Cavaliers when they came back from 3-1 deficit last year, they knew one thing they had to believe. You may, we may not have all the answers to what God is doing, but I knew one thing that we got to do that is believe. Everybody say believe. We got to believe, man. We got to believe God to do some amazing things in your life, in your family, in your church, in your home, for your children. You don't even know all, but you just got to believe that. You got to believe because that's all you got. You got to believe. You got to begin to declare what you are believing God for. Some of us don't know how to be. We've never done it. You don't do it. So we already discussed here today how important our faith is because God said that a whole generation, he waited for them to die. 
he waited. He was merciful to let him die. He said, I'll wait. He was merciful. He said, I'm going to wait for y'all to die, and then the generation that will believe me, they're going to go in. God's message to us is Foundation Church. We got an opportunity to exercise our faith, or we can exert pity, or we can moan. How long? Do we go, go through all this stuff and like Saul like uh, Samuel weeping over Saul, the king. Samuel said to Saul, how long, boy, I, I've already moved on. How many know we got to move on? We got to move on. We got, we got people to reach, souls to save, lives to change. So here's what I want happening in this room, in this place. I want there to be declarations of faith that, listen, that don't sound, don't just declare it when you come in our presence, when we say nice things, because how do you know that what you say and believe outside of this church counts? Some of you, you go home, listen, I'm just saying what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, that you go home and you say things, you say things that you probably shouldn't be saying, not realizing it, that you're shooting, putting a bullet in your own foot. Because how do you know that God is in our midst 24-7, every second, every day. We walk by faith and not by sight. So I say we got an opportunity. We can believe God and do something stupid through us so we can give, it, we can give something back to our kids. Do you remember when? Do you remember when? When it was just this person there and this person, and all of a sudden, look what God did, a generation of, I mean, God changed. Do you remember? Man, in one Sunday, it just started raining and it never stopped. God just moved. Our children and our children's children, we can leave a legacy. We, we can do this together. We can, we can decide to believe God and do something crazy. And, and, and don't try to run out of this situation because everybody runs. But, you know, when you're in a tough situation, that's usually where your faith grows the most, when you really got to seek and search and try to figure out, and you got to just wait on God. And, and while you're waiting, you, you just got to have an attitude of faith, believing, and just, and just declaring, speaking those things that are not as though they are. And, and, and because, you know, it changes your demeanor. It changes everything. If you're not doing it just for you, we're doing it for them. We're doing it for generations. Make, let's make our lives count. You're here anyway, amen? So you may as well go all the way. Just, just go all the way. Go, go do like Paul. Be a fool for Christ if you need to. And watch God bless, amen? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in the name